Can I welcome in a friend? Can we sit down and have tea together? And can I take off the weighty expectation of expecting him to fix everything with a magic wand? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Journeys with Jenny. I'm Jenny, and I'm so happy you're here. Today on Journeys with Jenny, I want to talk about Advent. I did not grow up Catholic, so I don't have baggage with this. If you do, I apologize. We should definitely talk. But to me, it's a relatively new concept. We didn't talk about it much in my faith upbringing of this time of preparation and preparing your hearts for the welcoming of Jesus coming to earth. Now, we could argue until the cows come home about pagan holidays and Christianity repurposing those for their own devices. And was Jesus born in December? My faith stance is a lot less caring about what actually happened and a lot more about the status of our hearts. My partner and I love this argument. There is a Bible story where Moses sees a burning bush and he talks to God in the burning bush. And my partner is adamant that this means that Moses probably found some mushrooms in the wilderness. Is he wrong? But that's a very literal interpretation of trying to understand why was someone seeing God in a bush in the wilderness in the desert. But it's wonderful quote from a Richard Rohr book that says, if you are looking for God, every bush is a burning bush. And that's probably the best way to summarize my faith journey is I'm looking for God. Is every bush a burning bush? Is he hiding in these traditions? Is he hiding out there in nature? Is he hiding? Or is it in plain sight? All of that to say, suddenly the season of Advent, I'm reading about it in books. It's coming up in conversations. And it's not a season I've ever celebrated before. This was not a tradition in my family to have certain candles lit every Sunday or to make a concerted effort for those four weeks before Christmas. But the idea is really sticking with me. And in a very, very, very famous Christmas song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this name Emmanuel has been sticking with me this entire week. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. And I'm trying to digest that. The other day, I was on my roof praying, crying, going through a pretty difficult time over here. I had this vision connected with the name Emmanuel of God with us. And I had this imagination exercise, this vision, if you will, of Jesus coming through my door and giving me a big hug and taking off his shoes and just hugging me really tight and just letting me know that he was there. In this imagination, I just kept saying, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. I needed a visit from a friend. I needed someone who wasn't going to tell me how to fix things. Sometimes I want that. Sometimes I want all of the answers and everything laid out and the exact path to follow. But on this particular day, I just needed a hug. And that imagination exercise, that vision of Jesus coming in and just taking off his shoes, coming into my house, hugging me, this idea that I made him a cup of tea and we sat down and I poured out my heart and I just wanted to say thank you for coming. For some of you listening, my faith tradition is all over the place. I have an evangelical background. I have turned my back on all of that for a very long time. 
I have come full circle into Christian mysticism. I am an avid yoga practitioner. I love reading from different faith traditions. If you see this bookshelf behind me, half of them are spirituality books and half of them are books from my childhood. We have the Jewish Kabbalah. We have the Gita. We have all these things. And some of you out there might be super judgy about that. So if that's a conversation we need to have, I'd rather not have it. But I, I gain incredible joy from reading and learning and finding things that feel true and hopeful and uplifting and beautiful. And Jesus is complicated. So if that is triggering to some of you, please know that I relate. There was a decade probably where I felt very uncomfortable even saying his name or contemplating his character. And yet in these religious traditions, he's not someone I can ignore. As complicated as he is, as problematic as he is, as of the box and annoying and not what I want him to be. And I wish he was way more clear. I think he could have really set up a very healthy society with very, very clear rules and being a little bit more specific around women and how we should treat them, among many, many, many other issues. I carry this vision of who I want Jesus to be and that he disappoints me in that sense. So if you have also felt disappointed by the character of Jesus, if you have felt like you don't understand him, if you have felt mad at him, if you have felt like he is complicated and problematic as I have, I'm hoping that today's talk helps you because... I love rom-coms, and there's a very, very old, dear-to-my-heart rom-com called You've Got Mail. In this story, if you are not familiar, we have a woman who owns a tiny little bookshop. She is writing emails back and forth with this man that she's slowly falling in love with, a stranger that she has not met. But it turns out that this stranger owns the big, bad bookstore company that's overtaking the little guys out there in New York. So we have this point of conflict. She does not like this man, and she does not realize that he is the one that she's been falling in love with. So we have this aspect where she is seeing certain parts of him kind of created in another character, and she's like, I like that one, but I don't like this one. So I'm going to play you a clip from YouTube and just pull this up, just the audio here. But... Meg Ryan's character gets sick and she's home and she's suffering and she's surrounded by tissues and sniffling and miserable. And Tom Hanks' character comes to the door with flowers and says, I want to be your friend. So let's listen to this one together. What are you doing here? I heard you were sick and I was worried and I wanted night. Is there somebody here? No. I'm shopping at work. Oh, you buy any of those little porcelain dolls? I'm thinking about it. You put me out of business. Yes, I did. Did you come to gloat? No. To offer me a job? I would never. Because I have plans. I have plenty of offers. You know, offered a job by. By my former. Well, actually, by all oh, your former. We broke up. Oh, well, that's too bad. You were so perfect for each other. Be the same thing. No matter what you've done to me, there's no excuse for my saying anything like that. Every time I see you. It's like that just fly out of your mouth. Yes. Crunch of flowers. Oh, thank you. Why don't I just put these in uh, some water? Hey, you're sick. You should sit down. Okay, I need a vase, a vase, vase. I the refrigerator. There it is. I love told. They're so friendly. Do you think that daisies are the friendliest flower? I do. When did you break up? A couple weeks ago. Everyone is breaking up. You, me, 
this other person that I know broke up with someone in an elevator or just after it or just outside it or got stuck. I, I, when I saw you at the coffee place, I was waiting for him and I was charming. That's charming. And, and you look charming. Yes. I was, I was horrible. Honey? Yes. I was the horrible one. Well, that's true, but I have no excuse. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. It's interesting. Whereas I am a horrible person, therefore I have no choice but to be horrible. That's what you say. But that's all right. That's all right. I put you out of business, so you're entitled to hate me. Don't hate you. But you'll never forgive me. Just like Elizabeth. Who? Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. I had to start to get... Hey, why did you step by again? I forget. To be your friend. I knew it wasn't possible. How can I say? Sometimes a guy just wants to say impossible. So you may be wondering how I'm trying to draw a parallel here between Jesus and Tom Hanks, but I think it's hiding in there. She has a reason to be mad at him. I bet a lot of us have a reason to be mad at Jesus or God or the universe or the powers that be. Things have not gone our way. Traumas have happened. Bad news was shared. Things outside of our control, things inside of our control that went awry. We look at the higher powers and there's a lot of anger. We might not be feeling our best. We might be sniffling and falling apart at home as Meg Ryan was. We may be on our knees crying as we get through some difficulties. Or we don't feel like we're getting through the difficulties and we're just crying our way through, hoping that it is coming through. This character she deeply dislikes comes to the door. This is why Tom Hanks reminds me of Jesus, because this conversation isn't necessarily about fixing what happened. He simply says, I want to be your friend. He comes over when she's alone and sad and her job just shut down and she's not feeling her best. And he comes over, he comes in, he puts some flowers in a vase for her. He puts water in the kettle and starts making her some tea. He makes sure that she's sitting down. And he says, I want to be your friend. As I said, Jesus is a very complicated character for me, but this resonates with what I know about him, that he will bypass the answers and the conversations that we think we want to have. And there is a true desire for friendship and care and a place of love. As silly as it is, I love this metaphor of comparing this all to You've Got Mail because there were aspects of him that she was falling in love with. She just didn't know it was the same character. And in my own faith journey, I have found that, that I found Jesus, I have found God, I have found the powers that be in the most unexpected places. And maybe I didn't recognize that that's who it was at the time, but it's there. One of my favorite quotes says, nature is the first Bible. I'm not here to convert anyone, guys. This is my faith journey, trying to make sense of the things that I grew up with, trying to reconcile a journey that has had a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of confusion. So this is just part of my journey, finding reconciliation, finding ways to make things make sense from some of the things that were really complicated in my life. For me, I have found Jesus in yoga, crying on my mat, taking time to breathe, feeling like he's sitting with me. Some people hate that. I have found Jesus hiding in the Bhagavad Gita, he is literally on every page. It is impossible to ignore if you read it and just this outpouring of love, just this absolute outpouring of love that you see in those pages. 
And it was Gandhi's favorite book, man. Gandhi is like the Gita. Just read the Gita. You're going to love the Gita. This is not a quote, by the way. But in general, Gandhi was like, hey, you want to live a good life? You're interested in what I'm doing? Go read the Gita. So not only is it a beautiful piece of literature, but I find Jesus in it. I do. And I find Jesus in Tom Hanks. So congratulations, Tom Hanks. You're doing it right. It's complicated. It is not clear. I'm not even sure I'd categorize him as a good guy or a bad guy, just as we're trying to figure out what Tom Hanks' character would keep guff mail. But that's okay, because I keep coming back to, can we welcome you in? Can I let him into my house? Can we talk? Is it possible to start a friendship? And so full circle, I bring this back to this idea of Advent that I'm playing with. And Emmanuel, God with us. That's my journey this month of December is looking for God in all of the tiny things. The palm trees outside. I live in California, which is difficult, but some of the most beautiful nature I've ever seen in my life. I see God in the palm trees. I see him in the mountains. I see him on this pair of tennis shoes that were thrown over our phone line and have been there all year. I see him in the clouds. I see him in the sidewalk. I see him in the people going by. So part of the journey right now is just seeing. And part of the journey for this month for me is this idea of Advent, of welcoming, inviting him in as a friend who I believe loves me enough to make me tea and bring me flowers and sit with me. And letting that be enough, even when my problems are not fixed, even when I am still crying my way through some of these days. Is it enough to have a friend? Can I welcome in a friend? Can we sit down and have tea together? And can I take off the weighty expectation of expecting him to fix everything with a magic wand? What would it be like to welcome in a friendship with the divine? What would it be like to welcome in a friendship with the divine and allowing it to be complicated, allowing it to be problematic, allowing it to not have all the answers, allowing it to be difficult, allowing it to show up in a way that you didn't expect? Allowing it to start from a place of simplicity and not theology. What would it be like? And so that's my journey right now. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I'm sending you all love this weird Advent season. Again, didn't grow up Catholic. If you have some stories that you want to share, please send them my way. I'm genuinely curious if this has been a good thing in your life or a terrible thing. And I reiterate, no matter where you are on your faith journey, thank you for being here for mine. It's pretty cathartic. I believe December is a time to reflect. I believe December is a time to get really, really cozy and go inward and to sit with yourself, to sit with the memories of this past year before we can move forward into the next one. I have a lot of high hopes for this coming year. Will they come to pass? I don't know. But I'm hanging on to faith and I'm hanging on to hope. And so for this December and this Advent season, I am sitting with that lesson. Emmanuel, God's with us. Can I let him in the door? Can we have some tea? Can we sit together? And that's what I hope to accomplish this Christmas season. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all again soon. Bye.